We are two badass spiritual gangster real estate entrepreneurs manifesting our best authentic lives and spreading the good word. You're listening to Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so this week we will be actually focusing on a topic that we feel is important with manifesting. And so this first subject is pretty broad, but you kind of have to start broad when it comes to personal development or focusing on goals or anything. I like to kind of start big and then narrow it down into the finer, more detailed, uh, different aspects of manifesting and living your best life. So this week's subject is um, basically the foundation of manifesting to me is just the whole notion of unbecoming. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that means um, basically we were born as expressions of divinity and we were born into this world perfect and with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then throughout our lives and our experiences, especially in our childhood, we, we start to lose sight of that perfect, perfection that we came on this earth as Mm -hmm. and so um the new the new big word around town is trauma and Mm -hmm. and healing trauma and looking into how that affects you and in your actions as an adult Mm -hmm. and for at first when I started to read this kind of material I was so annoyed because I'm like why do I have to keep looking at my childhood to figure out what I'm Mm -hmm. doing now Mm -hmm. like I don't want to rehash this terrible stuff that happened to me how does that apply but now I've done my reading and research and also my my work, I realized that every single behavior I display as an adult, I can directly pinpoint to something that I experienced in a child or as a child. And um, yeah, so this is a great way for me to kind of start making sense of why why am I doing these things that don't serve me anymore? And as a kid, you know, these trauma responses kept me safe. But now as an adult, uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't serve me to not uh, speak my truth. Maybe as a kid, when I spoke out of line, I'd get my butt beat. But now mm-hmm. as an adult, holding my tongue only gets me in more trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's just an example of that. But from a scientific perspective, from age zero in utero to age seven or eight, depending on who you ask, that's when the majority of your subconscious programming happens. So your brain is like a sponge and there is it, it doesn't have much of an ability to accept or reject information. It just receives everything that all the information from the world without the ability to say, OK, this isn't actually a fact. Our little child minds don't know the difference. So um that's that's kind of the foundation of it and and it's scientifically proven the neural pathways in your brain um are wired based on your environment and are especially sensitive during this time the good news is um you can also rewire rewire these neural pathways in adulthood (laughs) yeah uh so you're not permanently stuck with the the programming that you received as a child, that's the good news. But until you can really grasp the idea of just unbecoming all of the things that have shaped you that no longer serve you, um, be it 
society and what society has told you or your um, your famili- familial environment and your cultural environment. There's so many different things that influence um, the way that you view the world and yourself. And so the, the very beginning steps of living your best life and becoming a master of manifesting is – uh, trying trying to figure out okay what are the behaviors i have that that serve me what are the things about me that are my authentic truth and what are the things that were given to me from the outside world that i need to shed and that will be kind of like your beginning foundation and also your compass to kind of figure out the next right steps for you so if so really it's just beginning with a broad overview of yourself and then working working your way into a solution from there yes if you can't if you don't do this nothing else will work like if you don't do the identifying and the willingness to unbecome that's when we hit the loops that keep coming around and around. And we're like, why are we learning this lesson again and again? It's because we haven't undone whatever's causing us to continue to attract that lesson. Right? Precisely. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me ask you a question. Um, you use the word trauma, which we, we hear all the time now. Do you have a definition of what you think trauma looks like or or feels like, or can it be, when, when I hear trauma, sometimes I think physical trauma, and I think it's important for us to unpack that, that it's not just physical trauma, that things that happen to us can have a similar effect to our subconscious mind, and we not realize it. Like, can you give an example or kind of explain, like, what you think trauma can mean on a broader level? Um. For me, pain is pain. You can't really okay, pain. You, so pain. Yeah, you okay. can't, and you can't put a measure on what pain is more or less than than another p- source of pain. So mm-hmm. a kid whose parents every day leave them at the bus stop way later, and they're the last kid to be picked up or whatever, mm-hmm. like that that causes pain. Just like a kid who experiences maybe a little bit more intense form of neglect, like not getting fed at the right time or Mm -hmm. even getting beat a little bit, something like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know that sounds like harsh, but at the end of the day, trauma and pain. They're the same. They're synonymous. Yeah. Yeah. I I really love pain, the word, because pain feels more approachable to me than Mm -hmm. trauma. And I think maybe for people listening as well. um, And you're so right. Like, feeling pissed off at the idea that we have to continuously go back to our childhood. Um, Another word that you mentioned that I really like is subconscious. Yes. And that's essentially our childhood. Yes. So it's another way to approach this from a standpoint of people who um, are ready to start doing this work, but might feel their body even might feel a little too, uh, rigid to to go there to the word trauma and to the word childhood um it can be approached as pain anything that was painful is painful and subconscious which is essentially that time in our childhood everything that we absorbed um so I, i love that you brought those things up that's so important um you mentioned social conditioning how how society can create all of these 
things and put these things on us. Um, do you think that this varies from culture to culture, or do you think this is a universal truth that no matter what culture you're raised in, that this is this is going to be applied to kids and to people who are developing? For sure. Every, nobody gets out unscathed, you know? Exactly. So um, the reason I ask is because I don't know if you ever feel this or if you ever hear this when you're working with people or talking with people that there's a lot of times there's comparison of like, oh, well, you were raised in a wealthy family or, oh, you were raised in a poor family or you were raised as this culture or you were raised as that culture. And the reality is those comparisons all, all separate the, the same experience that we're all having. Yes, right? we we all get Pain, experience pain. Yeah. Nobody goes through life without pain and shame and guilt and all the things that end up, you know, um, our behaviors. We change our behaviors around these these feelings that we don't like. Mm -hmm. And then as adults, we're continuing these behaviors around not wanting to feel that pain, shame, guilt, um, any anything in that spectrum of feelings and emotions and and. The, the craziest part about it is those behaviors that we keep that served us as children that we bring into adulthood. Um, you have to go back through childhood to even identify them and reprogram them. Yeah. It's, it's just weird. And, and the fact that our subconscious child mind is the thing that's governing our actual conscious actions and behaviors. Right. Do you think that we are in touch with our subconscious mind? Do you do you feel what what steps do you feel need to be taken between the time that you realize that you need to do work and like accessing that subconscious? Do you think it's just something as simple as saying, "Okay, I need to dig into this. I need to go back." Or do you feel like that's like what the action steps are going to be for later to help to help identify that stuff? I think like where does a person start with that? I think this is this is more of the woo-woo perspective, mm -hmm. but I think even um recognizing you have a problem and having the willingness to solve it. Yeah. And then keeping an open mind. Mm -hmm. I this is how it's unfolded for me. It's the next right thing reveals itself. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of rhetoric in the self-development community about law of attraction, which means um you're inside frequency or state is, is kind of your exterior results are a direct byproduct of your internal thoughts, vibration, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's this, there's, I've been hearing rhetoric lately in the self-development community. That's like, well, law of attraction doesn't work because I've tried to uh, keep my vibe high and yeah. I haven't had any results. Well, the thing is, if you start with just the foundation, understanding the law of attraction, how you feel on the inside is going to influence your exterior circumstances and results, then that's kind of a part of this foundation of unbecoming, and that's kind of a tool that you use. So you realize, okay, I have some things I need to work through. Law of attraction is going to respond to you even saying, uh -huh. hey, I have this problem I need to solve. Yeah. and. And you will find all of a sudden a podcast that's going to help you yeah. or a, a self-development course or a book or a group or whatever. Yeah. But there's no one way to skin a cat, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, a, hu a huge part of something that I've learned around this topic, if, if I can just share a little bit, is um, the uh, exactly the willingness. The willingness is... The foundation, absolutely. And when you start to 
to study, like you mentioned, the science and the psychology and, you know, those, you start to realize that we do this thing that you just mentioned. It's called confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. So when we open ourselves to a new idea and we we're really, really allowing ourselves to sort of like um, dissolve into the process, like we're really willing to completely unbecome. Yes. Um, our, our, the, the law of attraction in our life will start to find those things, like you said, and start to confirm the new thoughts. Yes. And even if the new thought is, I need to work on myself, it can be something that simple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, I think a lot of people go straight from what they feel like is, quote, the problem to what they feel like they need to be answered, like the, the problem to the answer. Mm-hmm. And I learned uh, long ago in cognitive therapy, when you retrain these neural pathways, you don't go from telling yourself it's 100 degrees outside and I'm hot to it's zero degrees and I'm freezing cold. You have to learn to say it's 100 degrees, I'm going to take my sweater off. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's 98 degrees, I'm going to put my feet in the pool and cool off. And you have to take those steps to get to the point where your brain will accept the fact that it's actually zero degrees and you're freezing. Exactly. Yeah, so... The unbecoming are many, 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 many little steps, but it has to start with the willingness. So, um, I mean, I can't stress that enough. <laughs> like, I know you and I know, but but when I speak to people, I, I think we're, we approach as a culture. And you say things like, hey, maybe I, you know, if I would have opened my mouth, I would have gotten the, you know, the tar knocked out of me. And that's real. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about this stuff that happened to us as children. And um, and then the comparison thing starts to happen again, right? Like some people are saying, well, I got beat as a child, and then it becomes this sort of ego story. Yeah, exactly. And that's not what we're here for. Yeah. That this has nothing to do with egos. It could be something as simple as you fell down and, and got your, your knee was skint and when you were four, and for some reason your perfect loving parents that were supportive, were not around to immediately comfort you. And that could have been so simple to, to start to create this response. Yeah, and whatever story that you your child mind told you exactly. yourself and that experience will be what you carry through. Yes. So maybe you felt uh, some kind of shame and embarrassment. So mm-hmm. whenever you're an adult and you fall, you... you feel right like way you way overreact to something like that yeah Yeah. yes completely and it's it's important to just welcome the the openness of those experiences and the openness of whatever our mind did with that information Mm -hmm. um and the openness of the fact that that can go so many ways It, it, it can go you could have been you know um some people might have been spanked and they were like okay well i won't do that again and it it quote serve the purpose mm-hmm. that their parents thought it was supposed to, and then some people fell down and skimped their knee and then could never rollerblade again. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so we want to be very, very mindful, and 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 I want to stress to everyone who's listening that it is so important to know that it doesn't matter what the story is, how how trivial it may feel, or how significant it may feel. You can conquer it. Like you can get to it. You can unpack it. You can start unbecoming at a very small small, small, on a small level. And um, like Morgan said, when you start to do that, the universe shows up for you and and all these confirmations start to come your way and you start to know that um, that this is something that you can do. You can reprogram it, but you have to know you don't eat the elephant all at once. Yes. You have to know that. 
Well, and you made me think of something else that is important in this subject. A lot of people feel guilty yeah. um, mm-hmm. looking at their childhood, and especially when it comes to, like, their parents and family or, or people yep. who they love and care for. And you're not throwing shade at your mama yeah. to acknowledge that she tried or did her best, or maybe she didn't. Either way, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. It's what happened. Okay, are you going to continue to stay small and not right. live your best life as an adult because of whatever? Right. But definitely – Do not feel guilty about revisiting your past Mm -hmm. and having to acknowledge that maybe someone you love has caused you harm. Mm -hmm. That our brain interpreted what happened as harm. Maybe it was direct harm. Maybe it wasn't. But it's important to shed because because we can deal with the boundaries and all that stuff later. Right. We're going to get to that. Yes. Like so we I I don't want to say that that's not important because it's very important. But exactly what you said. You're, you don't have to be worried that you're going to throw your mama under the bus by starting to unpack these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know that you have to be open to to separating it at first so that you can get to it because then you can get through it. Yes. But you, but the subconscious will bury. It'll bury stuff back there. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. We don't always know how we feel about things. Um, because our conscious mind has been in control for so long as adults that we've forgotten uh, where, like you said, we came into the world perfect and pure and, and just a channel for the reflection and the divinity. And then we started to add all these like little layers and, and we weren't able to, to really, um, um, what's it, what's the word, uh, can get to it. We weren't able to access the, yes. the purity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, at the moment, and, uh, and that's a really good. That's a really good way to illustrate it because yeah. I mean, really, unbecoming is just peeling back all those layers yeah. so that you can get back to your authentic, true self that you were put on this earth as. As yeah, and then and then the understanding of how your brain works relieves the the guilt, the the pressure of of. Not accountability, two different things, mm-hmm. but the pressure of understanding that we are not our thoughts. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, we uh, we cannot stress this enough. We, You are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are your thoughts. And that's a part of unbecoming is, is realizing that you are a whole, well, perfect person. Mm-hmm. You have everything inside you already that you mm-hmm. need to thrive in this life. So... The unbecoming is in detaching from your thoughts, is from peeling back the things that no longer serve you, your behaviors, the people you surround yourself with, the material that you're consuming in your free time. That's all um, unbecoming is just shedding. But the good news is we have everything we need already. We don't have to add anything else outside of ourselves. It's already there. Yes, it's, it's the opposite of, I think, what a lot of times we've been taught to do. We've been taught to do more, be more. And the reality is we need to do less exactly. <laughs> and be less than we have been, than we've been taught um, culturally, at least, I think, as a whole. And, and I, I'm not speaking for everyone's culture, but a, as a whole, I think in our society, we're, we're taught to run that extra mile, you know, take that extra phone call, 
um, put on that extra layer of lipstick or mascara and all those things. And that those are just metaphors for emotionally and spiritually what we're trying to take off. Yes, exactly. We're trying to unpeel. We're trying to wash our face. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're trying to comb our hair and, like, brush our teeth and just be our clean, natural, authentic, spiritual selves. And um, in order to do that, you have to really be willing to get raw. Yes. You, know, you got to be willing to wash it all away. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, maybe we can share our story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Yeah, let's do it. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we will share a story from a listener who used the global pandemic in 2020 as an opportunity to up-level personally or professionally. So this week, Madeline is going to present my personal up-level story, and um, I hope that you guys get something out of this. It was uh, pretty cathartic to sit down and write this story about uh, all I went through last year, but um, if you want to go ahead and and take it away. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So this is um, this, this story is about Morgan Hamer. She is a 32-year-old broker in charge of blank real estate in Charlotte, North Carolina, and beginner blogger with Morgan Manifests. So, in her words, my pandemic up-level story began a couple days before New Year's at the end of 2019. I was visiting my hometown, Charlotte, North Carolina, for the holidays after working remotely in New Orleans for a few months, which is another manifesting story. My Charlotte-based boyfriend proposed to me in November of 2019, and two days before I was supposed to return back to New Orleans from my holiday trip home, my fiancé ended the engagement via text message, citing his alcoholism as the reason for the breakup. So I put my tail between my legs, went back to the Big Easy on New Year's Eve, and spent the first couple weeks of 2020 completely grief-stricken. I tried to go on dates to ease the blow but continued to find myself getting ghosted or meeting emotionally unavailable men. This inevitably perpetuated the deep, aching pain I was feeling. I remember begging God to quit giving me more challenges to demonstrate my resilience. 2019 was a year filled with huge milestones, up-leveling, and feelings of manifesting mastery. I remember continually asking myself how 2020 could be such a stark contrast to the year before. In New Orleans, I didn't have a lot of friends, but I was infatuated with the city, so I spent a lot of time on self-development and long walks exploring the city. I was so thankful to be there during a healing and reflective time. The incredible vibrancy and connectedness throughout the city during Mardi Gras season also aided my healing. From my current perspective, it is evident the biggest source of healing during this time was a weekly schedule I created to begin integrating new habits into, into my daily routine. Each day, I had to check off walking four miles, doing an act of service, and each week I had to do at least three exercises in a self-development course I had been dragging my feet on starting. These commitments kept me accountable, gave me something to look forward to, and kept me present instead of lost in my thoughts of grief, loneliness, and self-doubt. These three commitments definitely removed some of the hurting in my healing. Despite my prayers for personal peace and efforts towards keeping my vibe high, the universe delivered a major curveball in March of 2020. As rumors of a national pandemic and lockdown rattled around New Orleans, I had to make a a decision. Stay in my favorite place in the world 
New Orleans, or go back to Charlotte to be safe with friends and family. On March 17th, I packed up my stuff and abruptly moved back home. By the end of the week, North Carolina was in full lockdown. Fear and uncertainty was all around me, but I stayed faithfully committed to my new habits and my long-term goals. Fortunately, lockdown and moving back home to Charlotte didn't really faze me. I spent the majority of the first 75 days of the new year in isolation, working on building my new habits and embracing my resilience. By the time the bottom fell out with the consequences of COVID-19, I was fully prepared and equipped to push forward. 2020 was a difficult year from start to finish. It was filled with growing pains and hard lessons. I didn't lose my job like many others during this time. I got a big promotion instead. However, most days it felt like my career was the only thing I had going for me. I had a small circle of friends and roommates around throughout the year who were a source of constant conflict, and I also suffered from more romantic defeats. By November of 2020, I felt I had been put in a pressure cooker that could explode at any point. The company I kept, mostly lifelong friends, went from being fun companionship to exhausting and toxic. Though I was committed throughout this year to my four-mile walks and my self-development work, I was increasingly frustrated and uncomfortable in every aspect of my life. On Thanksgiving Day in 2020, it hit me. The thing blocking my manifesting magnetism and my ability to up-level was my environment. Until I made space in my life for bigger and better things, I'd be stuck with the same results. After this revelation, I quickly set boundaries with friends and family, kicked out a few people living in my house, and completely cut ties with anyone who was a frequent source of hardship. Though I felt completely mentally and emotionally exhausted by the end of 2020, I pushed through and did the next right thing for me. The universe quickly blessed me with a handful of quality people, including five incredible women in a mastermind group I joined, and quality friends from my past began to resurface, including Madeline, who would soon become my podcast podcast co-host. <laughs> I felt like the season of isolated introspection was over, and I was ready to step out in the world again. As the new and improved queen, I was unknowingly in the process of becoming... From the ashes of 2020 emerged a version of myself I never knew. I felt more fearless, faithful, confident, determined, connected, and in my power than ever before. It has been a true pleasure getting to know this Morgan, and I would go through a hundred more uncomfortable and painful years like 2020 because now I know just on the other side are more rewards and blessings. Now, five months into 2021, I am blown away by the number of manifestations I've received that are a direct result of the dedication and faith I maintained during 2020. I am now five months into the happiest, healthiest relationship I've ever had, a manifestation I wanted more than anything. I am surrounded by like-minded people and have new opportunities for conscious co-creation every day. I'm launching a podcast with a true queen, another long-term goal and have somehow managed to purchase my absolute dream of an investment property for an incredible price. Whenever I'm tempted to tell myself it doesn't get better than this, I realize it can and it will. So long as I keep my eye on the prize, commit to being present and aligned with my truth, and follow each and every gut calling, I know I can and will have everything and anything that I've ever wanted and more.
Thank you, Madeline, for reading my story to everyone. You did a great job. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I've read that much since I was, like, eight. <laughs> like, out loud in, like, third grade class, you know? Like, yeah. it's your turn to read. Oh, my gosh. I'm parched. That was an amazing story. I almost got a little emotional, y'all, and I, I choked up a couple times, so forgive. But that was so, like, I read it before, but then, like, reading it out loud and thinking of you as I was reading it, I was just feeling, like, all this pride for you uh-huh. and admiration and excitement and uh, changed my whole vibe. You can tell, like, I'm all smiling now. For sure. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I needed, so. Well, cool. yeah, I mean, l- last year was intense. There was not a break. I was just constantly like, yeah. I, I don't even know. Looking back, how I kept faith during that time, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to question it too much, but I mean, it was just like curveball, 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 like yeah. the hardest game of whack a mole I've ever played, mm-hmm. and um. I'm so glad to be on the other side because, I mean, there was just radio silence. And to go from the the way I felt in ni- 2019 when I really started to press hard into self-development and start to think about um, what my best life really looks like. And, of course, it's doing stuff like this. It's yeah. serving the wor- world, spreading the good word. Yeah. And it's not all about, about me anymore. In 2019, right. it was. and mm-hmm. But I was starting to really, like, everything was coming together. And it she felt so good. That. And yeah. I was manifesting left and right. And then 20, I mean, before before COVID was mm-hmm. even a word that I knew, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it was already, like, a rough time so by the time lockdown happened I was already used to being isolated I was used to having to be introspective I was in this weird cocoon phase and um I just kept trying to get out of it but life had different plans and now looking back I see okay the reason that I was put in this pressure cooker surrounded by people that were making me uncomfortable is because I needed to learn lessons on boundaries and probably needed to change the people that I was surrounding myself with and the things that I was putting my time into because how am I going to have time for a boyfriend when I'm too busy chasing around roommates that don't serve me or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So now looking back, it all makes sense, but that is definitely the longest. I mean, it was a solid year of just. Yeah, which is why I'm so thankful that you're sharing this and started this whole podcast because that was the whole point of this is the whole point is for us to essentially talk about what the fuck just happened last year. <laughs> because again, going back to the unbecoming, um, have you ever heard or seen like one of those sci-fi movies or, or on Harry Potter? This is, Oh my God, I don't even know why this came to me, but they, they're doing this spell and, and the, there's this big cabinet and this spirit comes out. And what it does is it takes form of your biggest fear. Oh. So for people who don't watch Harry Potter, okay, whatever. Let me just use this as a metaphor. So what COVID represents to me is that is that dark, looming cloud that essentially has brought out everyone's biggest fears. Yeah. So for you, it was, I'm going to be lonely forever. I'm never going to find a boyfriend. I know it was other things too, but this was like really one of the biggest heartbreaks you'd ever been through. Um, you were lonely, you you knew that a relationship was something you deserved and that you wanted and that was really important for you. Mm -hmm. And so it seems that that was really magnified for you. And I think COVID had a way of doing that for all of us. 
like really bringing one of those like largest, like most locked away fears to the surface. Yeah, for sure. And, um, and learning how to push through that. So tell me a little more about how you kind of used unbecoming, you know, we mentioned it and I read it in the story, like you started to like get rid of people that weren't serving and what, what do you think was really the, the biggest source of blockage for you during that time? To apply the unbecoming, I think I I was blindsided by, um, like, having a revelation. I started to learn about codependency and what that meant, uh-huh. and then that led me down a rabbit hole of having to trace back to my childhood all the things that happened that mm-hmm. led to me having this codependent behavior. And, of mm-hmm. course, you know, being uh, around addiction and alcoholism tends to uh, bring that out in, in a person and then um, abandonment issues and just whatever, all all these little things that happened that that led me to becoming a high-functioning codependent. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know that I... That you were. I didn't even know. I don't think that we do. And I, I love that you said that because I don't know anyone who, well, clearly... It would look at like codependent no more or be like, oh, yeah, that's me. Like, yeah. No. Like, we're like, no, what? I'm independent. Yeah. Oh, I'm the, mo- I got my own car. I got my, you know, we associate these words with this thing and we don't even know what codependency means. Yes. Until the willingness. Mm-hmm. There, there it was again in November on Thanksgiving. You said, okay, God, universe, I'm willing. Yes. I'm willing to see this differently. Yes. Who says this? Marianne Williamson? I'm willing to see this differently. The return to love. Did you yes, read that? Yes. Yeah, I did not read it, but I've listened okay. to all of her podcasts and okay. everything. Yeah. So, uh, Course in Miracles, Return to Love. We're doing books that shook, right? That's yes. your jam. Yes. Okay. So Morgan came up with that, and I love it. So, uh, Codependent No More, books that shook, uh, and a Return to Love. If you haven't, which I'll tell you, we call it woo woo. It's it's a little hard to take um, if you're if you're a, a Approaching it in a like scientific way, it's it's a very spiritual way to look at things. But the point is, the thing that she says there is, I'm willing to see this differently, mm-hmm. and that's what you did, yes. and that was the unbecoming right there. Yes, I this is not working. I'm willing to see the situation differently. Yes, I'm willing to see the term codependency differently. I'm willing to not attach all of this stuff, all of these judgments, all of these preconceived notions, all of this societal conditioning, all of my subconscious, um, my, what my brain has told me about these things my whole life, I'm willing to see them all differently now. Yes. And from there, the universe kind of took over mm-hmm. because you were willing to see yourself. Yes. Differently. And I mean, it was, it was crazy because like all of a sudden all this material came, I would just listen to the right podcast or mm-hmm. pick up the right book or have the right conversation with the right person. And mm-hmm. it was all very clear that was the work that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't realize that you can still have these codependent re- relationships, not only with parents or in romantic mm-hmm. type of situation, yeah. but also with friends. Oh, most often with friends, I, I, yeah, as an adult, or yeah. and with work as well, with with substance, yes, with anything that that with food, any anything that we as living, thriving beings are, we're all connected. So anything that we have a relationship with, we can be codependent towards. Yes, 
and uh, or with yes with um, but friendships big time mm-hmm. big time big time big time for me too. But it, it so, was, I was shook when I yeah, figured I that out. I, I felt like a, a newborn child, like relearning how to function in life because it was just this blind spot that I just didn't see. And now looking back in 2019, when I was on that like cloud of, you know, good feelings and mm-hmm. high vibes and everything that like that, that was still there. Oh, of course. And in 2019 just wasn't the season for me to solve those problems. That was for me to kind of build my trust muscle with the universe and start to, like, step into my power and kind of test the waters. And then 2020, it was just this, like, stark contrast. Like, Mm -hmm. as soon as the ball dropped on New Year's, it was just like, okay, girl, it's (laughs) going to hurt. It's going to suck. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You should be, like, prepared. Be prepared. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important to mention that um, growth – Manifesting, unbecoming is not always linear. Yes. It it we're we're taught to like take steps and, and the steps that we're taught to take start at the bottom and lead to the top. Well <laughs> right. And uh, I mean there's not is, even a line there's, connecting. There's it's not no, like a roller coaster where it goes up and down. It's like there can be a, like a huge break. It in, it looks like a, a toddler got a hold of like some markers and just went to town on the wall and then got on the table and then went to the ceiling like that's what growth and manifesting is yes and it's so important for you to i'm thankful that you said that you were having this sort of high in 2019 and um and then the bottom fell out in 2020 because that is the one of the most now that i've had a couple cycles of it myself I, I know how important that is to recognize the loop and the cycle. Um, every time you up level, there has to be like the you know the universe works in pairs, so there has to be something just sort of you know uh, for it to be like yay. Yes, exactly. So there has to be a yin and a yang there. Mm-hmm. And your your twenty twenty was just like a hard lesson. <laughs> it was a big big lesson. Um, how did you feel when you started to realize, like you said, a shook baby? Like you were like like reprogramming, did you feel, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you started to realize that some of these relationships were part of, and and again, I think it's very important that we recognize that this is not anything throwing anyone under the bus, just like with our mama, with our brothers, with our best friends. This has nothing actually to do with the other people. No, not at all. It has absolutely nothing to do with the other people. One more time. Nothing to do with the other people. Yes. Because it's about us. Yes. Did you feel scared? Uh, yeah, to, to, of course. You, yeah. I, I think a, like abandonment has like being the fear of being alone and abandoned has run the show for a majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And it got so bad that I had to figure out something. Mm-hmm. So the first the first part of the first aspect of my life that I was able to kind of respond to my poor behaviors towards abandonment was romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And because it, you can't, I was like a total like psychopath with relationships. Like nobody's going to want to date me. Like I'm like sitting here, like my resume, you know, like I was a model and I am very educated and all this stuff. But I mean, if I don't deal with this, like, 
yeah. like this weird abandonment stuff. I'm going to be annoying every dude that ever comes my way. Yeah. I, I annoy myself, or I used to, you yeah. know, and, and I don't want to live like that anymore. I want to walk into a room and know, like, I'm a queen, yeah. and that's it, and not have to sit and, like, force and strong arm my way into having somebody love me or care for me. Yes. But Oh, my gosh, yes. Back then... I didn't realize that the only relationship that matters in this whole world is the one that I have with myself. Mm -hmm. And it took 2020 was the first time in my entire life that Mm -hmm. I completely folded to the idea of having a romantic relationship uh, by the by midway through 2020, I had just given up. I wasn't looking. I didn't go on any dates. I sat there and I said, "Okay, God, I got it. It's time to do some work. I'm going to have to just you know, see what happens, but I'm going to focus on the things that are working for me right now and mm-hmm. um, keep per- pushing through with these things that I was called to do, the walking four miles a day and the mm-hmm. self-development work. And then I trust you. I trust because I did have 2019 to show me, hey, yes, you can really manifest. You've got this. You got this girl. But uh, yeah, I just I threw in the towels the first time in my entire freaking life that I haven't been actively pursuing a partner. And mm-hmm. then guess what I get six months later? Yeah, your 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 person that you're like, I mean, that's how it works. And it seems so cliche, but it's like it's the vibe. It's the vibrational frequency thing. It's because I wasn't in this like desperate position. I was in this complete place of acceptance. And the vibration of acceptance is is such a good place to be yeah it it's the only place to to really to if you want to thrive like that's where you thrive and th- and that also relates to unbecoming is is just letting go of attachments to outcomes and just accepting the mm-hmm. moment for what it is and learning to love it and make mm-hmm. the best of it it's it's so it's so difficult to put into words sometimes the magnitude of the spiritual part of this because um if you study and if you read and if you talk to people the whole entire world has a version of this yes like every religion every culture every person and you'll you'll hear people use terms like die to self and you're like what does that mean it's like die to myself like that sounds so harsh and i used to be like what is that and then you'll hear people even use words like sell out yes you got to be careful because you'll hear these things and you'll find, you'll, you'll see that, that there will be little tricks along the way of keeping you stuck. Saying something like, oh, you sold out or you did this. It's like, no, I decided to let go mm-hmm. so that I could be. Yes. Because without letting go, I, I, was, fight, I was fighting an uphill battle that just I was not going to win. Yes. And I think we can all attest to that. And um, anytime that we find ourselves competing Anytime and COVID's a huge, a huge uh, part of this too. Scarcity, a mm-hmm. scarcity mentality. Anytime we feel that there's not enough, or that we have to compete, or that we have to, like you said, force ourselves to do anything. Yes, and forcing and it's is, not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> it's like any, never going to work. And you can feel resistance. You mm-hmm. can feel it in so many different ways. You can feel yeah. it in your gut. You can feel it in, in your heart and soul. Like when you when you're going to pursue something and you feel that resistance, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's the universe testing you to see if you're ready to receive what you're Mm -hmm. calling in. But sometimes it's because you're, it's not in alignment with what is right for you. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You used a a term called trust muscle. Mm -hmm. I think earlier, I really liked that. 
um, anytime, if, if you know how it is, like when you get up and you decide that you're going to work out your physical body, you, you train to do that. You have to train your body. You have to train your mind. Well, you, your spirit is also training because we are all these things. Yes. We're whole. So our spirit's training, our body's training, our mind is training, and they can all be happening in tandem, but they might not all be on the same level. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so it sounds like what happened is you, you had a lot of spiritual training sessions that were really exhausting and you had to like rest because you overdid it. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I, I might've overdid this a little today. So I have to rest longer than if I just would have done a little bit. Exactly. And then you learn, you learn how much you can take at one time and how, and how, uh, how you can pace yourself to mm-hmm. be prepared. But that is exactly what happens we get these lessons they're sent to us and they start to train us to be prepared before you know it. It's like, I can run a marathon. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. And I have chills right now when I'm saying this because this is the, this is the way. And it's so important to know that like this has to happen for you to get to the the finish line, yes. whatever that may be. Yeah. And then when you get to the finish line, you start all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, can I share a quote that kind of came to me um, sure. before you present action steps? Okay. So, um, while you were talking, I, when I met with my therapist on Monday, um, she presented this. It's actually a prayer, and it was. It's so funny because it just happens to really tie into our topic today. And for what it's worth, it's a Native American prayer, and it ba- it's very very simple. And it basically says, "Thank you, Spirit, for returning all footprints that do not belong to me." So. Maybe that's something that we can kind of use to to help ourselves unbecome, right? Thank you, Spirit, for returning all footprints that do not belong to me. Interesting. Yeah, I like the visual aspect of I that. I do too. And if you've ever if you've ever read the Christian prayer, footprints in the sand, um, about how the Lord carries you through tough times. Mm-hmm. So there's only one set of footprints. Mm-hmm. What I feel from this is essentially a similar idea of, I don't need to carry all these other people. Right. Yes. So thank you spirit for carrying those people for me. Yes. Because that's not my job. Yes. And I can release that to you. I can release it. So just something to share. And um, let's talk about some action steps for all these beautiful humans out here how how can we get there morgan tell me talk to me well (laughs) the action steps is is a fun subject to me because i love finding solutions i know i love that about you and it's just it's fun to me once you can make this kind of stuff fun however you can spin it in your head trick yourself into making it fun at at first if it doesn't sound fun it really truly does become fun yeah when you start to dig deeper and figure out why on earth you do the things you do and then you get to like build your trust muscle and kind of reprogram and then prove to yourself oh hey this isn't that bad oh hey look after I get through this hard thing then something really good happens you know and did you find do you find yourself laughing like I laugh at myself all the time. Sometimes when I have these little mini moments of epiphany, I'm like, 
That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I've been afraid of cheeseburgers my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And this is what we're supposed to be, like, joyful and laughing about everything in life anyway. Oh, my God. Yes. And that's the thing I think that keeps a lot of people from doing this work. And we want to, I, like, emphasize, emphasize, this work is fun. Yeah, there's going to be moments, but, like, that word trauma and pain, all that. Yeah, like, it has this heavy cloud, which is part of it. Yeah. But that the whole like excitement of it is when the freaking sun comes out yes. and it's it's fun and it's happy and it's exciting and you don't have to take yourself so seriously. Yes. People don't take yourself too seriously. Don't do it. Have fun. Enjoy. And um, yeah, let's hear them. What you got? So um, for me, there's there's kind of like the basic entry level um, steps that you could take, like doing talk therapy or um, taking a course online that can help guide you to through your um, identifying your subconscious programming and figuring out how to work through it. There's a million life coaches in, that have $30 a month classes that you can take or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't have to be expensive. You can do it from home. You can mm-hmm. do it in a group. You can do it solo. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's just so many options for me. I like to pair a little bit of – I like to consume material. So I always have a book I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I have a podcast that's my go-to if I'm mm-hmm. driving around. I have a, some kind of self-development self-devel- course mm-hmm. or book that has action steps in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just try to pick a topic that feels right for me where I am. So mm-hmm. right now I'm back on boundaries because uh-huh. um, I have more work to do there. And right. so I'm doing – an, a course through um, To Be Magnetic, Lacey Phillips brand. Um, I'm taking this online class, and it's helping me identify some of the blocks that I have. Mm-hmm. And also it's teaching me more about boundaries and how to implement them and all that. So that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another good starting place is just to kind of sit with yourself and start to to pay attention every day, keep keep a notepad on your phone or in your, a physical one in your purse or whatever, uh-huh. and write down little moments when you notice, oh my gosh, this is this is making me not feel good, right. and I and it really don't know why because logically it doesn't make sense that I'm reacting in this way to this right. thing like um, road rage or something like that. Yeah. Yes, um, th- those good that's point. kind of like the the best way starting out as this newborn manifesting baby (laughs) is just to start paying attention and writing it down. And then once you've gotten, been able to identify some of your behaviors and your responses that you don't like, Uh then, then you can find a, um, a methodology or an approach that's going to work for you to help to identify those things and reprogram them. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those steps are, imperative like that's the first the first step is to acknowledge it to figure it out like what is it exactly that it's it's pissing me off what's you know holding me back what's making me tired anything that that feels like uh uncomfortable can be good but anything that feels uncomfortable in a way that like you said it's holding us back yes not uncomfortable in the growth uncomfortable in the holding us back tired angry um sad uh, anything that's that's causing those things, and those things are normal human yeah, reactions. We're not trying to avoid those things, uh, people. That's not the the option. That's not that's not what we're doing. We're trying to identify uh, what is setting that off, so we can have a healthier relationship on how we process it. 
yes. moving forward, mm-hmm. how to reprogram the process surrounding those emotions, because we can't avoid those emotions. Those are, they're, they're part of a holistic life. Yes. You have to have them. Um, but, but the idea is to reprogram how we deal with them. Yes. What happens when we feel them, where our mind goes, uh, where our body goes and, and how we do it. So I agree. I think, uh, journal or write it down, acknowledge and talk therapy is a huge thing. Um, and for people who don't like to talk, you can write, you can speak into your phone and record it and save it just for you. You don't have to talk to another person necessarily if that Mm -hmm. feels uncomfortable for you. Uh, you can talk to your plants, <laughs> the, your puppies, your kitties, you know, any, you can talk to the friggin' brick wall. Like, that's cool. That's fine. But it's, it's getting it out some way, like starting to, because then you can start to hear it. And we, you mentioned this, and this is kind of probably um, going to continue to come up throughout the, the whole uh, 11 weeks is the subconscious is everything we take in our diet. Like we talked about last time, what you read what you listen to, what you hear, and not just the things that we're consciously, like we're turning the radio to the station, but even the chatter behind us and the people that are at the table next door to us at the restaurant who are gossiping. Yeah. You know, it's it's all of these things, and it's important to give your mind that grace to know that your mind is still taking that in whether you realize it or not. So you can't really overdo it. Yeah. You can't overdo how how far you want to go with this, like protecting yourself and how far you want to go with um, overcompensating. You can't go too far with overcompensating the positive and the, the, the self-talk and the reading and the journaling. I'm like, just go for it. Yeah. Dive into it. It's a, You're going to find what works for you. Right. Maybe you try something and it yep. doesn't work. Absolutely. But you've got to at least keep trying. Yes. If you keep trying. <laughs> cool <laughs> things happen. Like, yeah, you got to be really overly enthusiastic about everything and then when you when when you start to see what works the the response to that is addictive and you want more of it. So For sure. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I think that's some pretty good uh advice there, friend. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to add to the action steps for unbecoming? Um, we talk talk therapy, journaling. Um, I, I think those are really important places to start. And if you're if you're hitting a wall with those, then it might be worth looking into more um, non traditional approaches. Um, maybe you want to go to hypnosis. And I, that mm-hmm. probably scares a lot of people off. Let me tell you something. The first time I heard that, I was like, no way. I'm not doing that voodoo shit. I'm not, like, letting somebody get in my brain. You know, I am. I was so red-blooded about my reaction towards that. I was not open-minded <laughs> at all. I was ridiculous. I was so politically uncorrect. And everything that could be off about <laughs> my reaction to the idea of hypnosis was off. But when you do the research, you understand <clears throat> that some of the things that your subconscious has absorbed, you don't even know. Mm-hmm. That's why it's subconscious because you don't, it's not on the surface. It's down, down. It's below your it's, awareness. It's below yeah. your state of awareness. So I went to hypnosis uh, as part of one of my unbecomings and uncovered some stuff that I had no idea was even there. And it was instant understanding, acknowledgement, processing, letting go. Yes. That was my experience. Um, I only needed about three sessions, and I was good. 
and you can do this over and over, but that would probably be the only other thing that I would recommend as part of the unbecoming. Yes, hypnotism, and then it kind of, there's kind of like what, similarly, um, like guided meditations. Yes. They can, it's kind of similar because it, it similar. gets you into kind of a hypnotic state, mm-hmm. and it makes it so that your, uh, your subconscious opens up. It I don't does. know how else. Like mm-hmm. your brain becomes more receptive to new information when you get into a hypnotic state. And so it's a, a, a place where you can dig and find things, but you uh-huh. can also reprogram from that, that space yep. as well. And I, I probably need to ask her if I can, if I can share her, I, I don't see why I couldn't, but um, the lady I went to was called inner child hypnosis, I believe mm-hmm. here in Charlotte. And I can add that link like under our, you know, in, in the information for anybody who wants to, to give her a call, but um, establish a good, you know, trustworthy relationship with the person that you want to do it with. If you're going to do it that way or find a meditation, listen to it first before you allow yourself to go. And the best way I can describe it is, Kind of the way you feel when you're drifting off to sleep just a little, mm-hmm. where you sort of start to feel a little heavier. But I want to emphasize that it's not like this scary, weird, like what, like bark like a chicken or bark like a dog <laughs> or, or quack like a duck. It's not that. No, no. At all. And like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm too afraid. What if somebody like hypnotizes me? And no, I it's not like it's, that. It's I not wanna, like what you see on no, TV at all. Not at all. <laughs> I want to encourage everyone who's like not willing to try it. It's you're very much in control. You very much know what you're doing. You very much have full control over the whole process um but exactly it just sort of gets you into that relaxed state where your where your your conscious thoughts sort of take the back seat and your subconscious is able to open up open up and reveal itself and that's yeah. the whole purpose of everything we're wanting to do in the unbecoming is get into that space so um that would be the only thing i would recommend that we didn't talk about yeah that's awesome it. i know well it feels good for me today. How, do, how about you? Awesome. Yeah, good. Okay, guys. Well, I guess we'll see you next time. Yep. Okay, bye. <laughs>